guys, this is Arushi Gupta, back with a time machine that takes you into a different world from ours. Today, we are in conversation with Divya Dev Priya, who is an IT specialist. We will be talking about how Divya wanted to be an IPS officer when she was 13. Let's also find out how much fun was it growing up in Bhopal in the year 1989. Hey Divya, welcome to my podcast when I was 13 and thank you for your time. So let's begin with a quick introduction of yourself in terms of what you do currently and what do you like to do when you have some free time to yourself. Hi, hi Arushi, I'm glad you invited me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so who am I? So my name is Divya Devpriya and I live in Gurgaon. Um, I am married. I have two kids, Varun and Disha. And professionally, I work with a large uh, multinational and I've been with them for 10 years, been in this IT world for almost 19 years now. And um, I lead one of their practices, uh, Pan India, and also a product line, Pan India. So that's what I do. Okay, so Divya, now I'll take you into my time machine to the time when you were 13. So, do you have any idea which year was this? Um, incidentally, when I heard that you were coming, I at least tried to find out what <laughs> year that was. Uh, it is 1989. Okay, and which town or city were you in? I was born and brought up in a city called Bhopal, uh, which is in central India. It's in mm. Madhya Pradesh. It's a beautiful city, gorgeous city, and that's where I grew up. That's where my roots are from. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And did you just study in one school or like did you transfer a lot? Uh, so I studied in one school from KG, um, kindergarten to 12th okay. in the same school. And the school is called St. Joseph's Convent. It was a, it was a Catholic uh, school and I could not be more proud of that school. Um, and I would not have it any other way. <laughs> So, since you were in the same school since kindergarten, do you think that you would have liked moving schools or meeting new friends or do you just think that staying in the same school is actually a good thing? I can only talk about myself, um, but I really think um, I feel very grounded and rooted um, in this one school. And the reason I say this is because um, a lot happened um, personally in my life. Um, I lost my father very early when I was 10, in fact, uh, so three years before, I, you know, before 89. So um, I, I don't think I wanted any more changes in my life. So I think it was very good that I had the same school, the same place I went to for, um, you know, almost 14 years and um, had same friends, but the classes changed. And as yeah. a result, you know, the, the new faces came into uh, my life every year as far as, uh, you know, different classes are concerned. But otherwise, it was the same school. I, I, if I had to do it all over again, I would want to go back and study in the same school all over again. <laughs> I feel the same way. Right. There you go. <laughs> so, um, now that you are an IT specialist, did you see yourself as an IT specialist or something around that at the age of 13? Not at all. So, what did you think? Like, what was your dream job that time? Uh, so, uh, whether it was uh, thrust upon me or whether I um, I really had that ambition, I do not recall that. But everybody thought I will be a public servant. I will be an IPS officer. And I think more than me, everybody around me, uh, my teachers and, you know, the, the, they were nuns. And all of them uh, pretty much thought that I would be an IPS officer. <laughs> so, uh, the profession that I am in, uh, at least 
in my knowledge it didn't exist back then okay. so this whole industry wasn't as evolved there was they were they, they might might have been an erp but not the one that i uh, you know mm-hmm. kind of the practice that i lead i don't think it at least in my world it didn't exist it must have been evolving somewhere else yeah. but so it's a lot has changed yes <laughs> so now that you are a successful it specialist mm-hmm. do you still want to be in a successful it specialist or like um i'm actually quite happy with what i do um surprisingly it doesn't seem like that on a monday morning but um yes i i do like what i do but having said that there, there is there is some part of that ambition that i had uh, which still remains and i might not want to fulfill that uh, ambition uh, in the same way which i thought i wanted to basically become a public servant that has gotten converted into a goal now so i do want to serve the public whether it is from within the mainstream by being a government servant which i obviously can't anymore because you know mm-hmm. i'm much older so but i do want uh, and i am in in my own ways trying to help uh, the people trying to be part of something uh, be part of a movement uh, whether it's for clean air in this in in our city uh, gurgaon which yeah. absolutely needs it or in future i do myself still uh, being connected to the ngos that i've been part of i'm in, on a board of an ngo um and been involved with a couple of them so maybe not in the the same way uh, from the, the same mode of the pro- the professional way which i wanted to be part of but i do want to have that as a goal yeah yeah it's not a dream it's more of a goal sure. <laughs> so um can you tell us how the world was when you were 30 like in terms of like i from my parents i know that there was only one tv channel and i don't know how you guys survived <laughs> so can you tell us how would you like to spend your free time and that is a very interesting question so so tv came into our our house in 84 a brand called dinora which doesn't exist now and it came because uh, of asia uh, right asia games yeah. uh, so somewhere a couple of years uh, so people got it around that but uh, we we did couldn't afford it for a couple of years so we bought it little later than that yeah so there was there was one tv it wasn't flat flat screen it was like this box uh, box kind of looking thing uh, almost it felt like a cupboard you know you can open now um I, if we put it in front of you guys i i doubt if you will recognize it um and then there was a cooler in the house which had to be manually filled with water there were no air condition the 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 interesting part is we lived in a big house and i always thought i will grow up to live in a big house and here i am living in an apartment because at that point if somebody had said i would live in an apartment i thought i we would be very poor <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah so we had a big house a cooler and a tv um i think right around 89 we probably got a small oven uh which became very important to me because uh, i love uh, i'm a foodie i you know and that's where i acquired that uh, that uh, hobby so uh, how did we uh, how did we survive as you put it how did, i would put it how did we live very happily uh we played outside uh, there were no problems of uh, environment and pm count uh, so we would come home take a nap um, eat something and go out to play till our parents uh, would send for us uh, looking for us and we would come back into our homework and then we would put switch on the tv and there would be these these standard uh, serials which we all grew up on there was something called a chitrahar which was i think a 10 um series of 10 songs uh, which which kind of played on tv um which were the popular songs uh, so we would watch them there was family drama called humlog and then on weekends uh, there was mahabharat so we i was very fond of mahabharat 
I think right around that, maybe not in that year, but right around that, MASH was a very big, you know, uh, military uh, comedy, okay. uh, which came to India, um, and, you know, probably didn't do as, as well in the US as it did well here. <laughs> so I was very hooked to that. So yeah, and then we read a lot. I, I did, I wasn't big a uh, reader, but I did read because there was nothing else to do. So everybody around me was reading. So I started reading. Um, so what was your favorite book? So I was, uh, I was big into classics. Uh, Thomas Hardy was my favorite writer, and Tess of Dubervillis was uh, my favorite book. Can you tell us more about the book? Uh, I don't remember so well, but I remember it was about a girl, and I really don't remember the story to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I remember it was a big fat book, and I loved everything about that. The way that girl was. Maybe I, you know, uh, I probably related to. Um, to the girl more than uh, than her story. Her story is pretty tragic, actually, which thankfully is not mine. Uh, but uh, I really thought it was a very interesting classic. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that you were a big foodie. So what's mm. your favorite food? What was your favorite food? Wow. So our palates were not as evolved as, you know, your and my children mm. are. We didn't have these many options. And our, our choices were very simple basically Indian because it was a small town. There were no restaurants. Like you wouldn't go out to eat. That, you know, I, I remember the first restaurant that came uh, many, many years later actually. And um, it wasn't like dining and dining was not an option unless it happened in our own homes. So it was all home cooked, simple food, predominantly vegetarian uh, I was very fond of sweets. So probably, and my nani cooked a lot. Uh, at that point, she was with us. She used to live with us. So she would get up every morning and she would make these pakwans, these, these, uh, sweets and homemade sweets, which I used to love. And I would, you know, she would have them in these steel dabbas. Um, and she would put it in a store and I would go steal lettuce and matri <laughs> and, and that's really stayed with me. And I, I wish my kids, uh, I can give that back to my yeah. kids. Okay, and so like you told us that there was this uh, channel, like a show which was played mm. 10 songs. Mm. So what was your favorite song at that time? Yeah, so that, that needed some thinking. Um, favorite song? Or singer? Um, so my favorite singer was Madonna, actually. Not an uh, Indian one. And the reason is because we performed in an annual function in our school. Uh, on a song called Material World. And I got really fascinated by her voice. And then I heard more songs mm. of her. And that's when I came to know, oh, she's a big superstar in yeah. another part of the world. Um, and so Madonna was my favorite singer. And uh, Material Girl was my favorite song just because I performed it. <laughs> so we led this very simple life where whatever touched us became our thing, right? Our favorite thing, right? Okay. And um, could you tell us more about your school? Like, ah, oh, my school. What do you want to know about my school? Like, so you told us that I was a Catholic school. Catholic school. Catholic yeah. school. Yeah. So, um, like, how how is it different from a normal school? Oh, it was a it's, well. The biggest difference was that it was an all girls school. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know if you have them that many. You also don't have uh, pure Catholic schools, uh, you know. So in these schools, it's not uh, like the Catholic education is inflicted upon us. It was a very open democratic school but it was run by nuns right and it was in that sense they they um they taught us discipline 
okay um the daughter's uh, sense of righteousness and wrong was very clear you know if it is wrong it is wrong and you need to be punished whether it's you know a small punishment standing outside the class and if it is right right you know you are hailed for being uh, you know doing the right thing so the sense of righteousness you know there was no gray there was only white and black you know that's how we were taught and discipline discipline was important and all that is fine but there here is a bunch of girls who are you know in their 8th grade 9th grade we were just we were just riots we would we would create all kind of ruckus and um we were all in, you know very competitive very competitive in all sense um i wanted to be on top in top of the class on everything but when it came to um groupism and you know fight in fighting we did all of that so we were just regular girls at that age trying to find a bearing in the middle of an ocean of another set you know an ocean of girls <laughs> basically Okay, so um, who was your best friend, and you still in touch with her? Oh. Yeah, so um, <laughs> so there were lots of groups. You know, we all had these groups of like-minded, so-called like-minded girls, <laughs> basically fighting with the other group. But I did have a friend who I'm still, who I still think is my best friend. Um, I don't know if she thinks the same way, but I I think we grew uh, together a lot. Uh, her name is Bhavna. She lives in Calcutta now. She's married in Calcutta. Um, and uh, I think she and I. Uh, I think it was also because uh, proximity to our homes also. So she lived fairly close to my home. So in the evenings, like she could drop in, and we had this kinetic Honda, and we would sit on it, and we would roam around <laughs> the whole city. First it was cycle, and then it was kinetic Honda, um, and then we would roam around the whole city. So um, I think she was my best friend. But there were these groups that uh, that. Were pretty sacrosanctic, but she and I were like on the side, just good friends, you know. So the groups didn't matter, the school didn't matter. We were in the same school, but not in the same class. But yeah, but we had each other. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now can you tell us who who was your idol when you were thirteen and why? <laughs> right. So I, I like as I mentioned. Um, so I wanted to be an IPS officer, and Kiran Bedi was my um, was my idol. Um, as with her, she is she also changed her profession. She profession. She is now uh, the governor of Pondicherry. Um, and uh, you know she was she was my idol. Like I I thought that she was. How I, who I wanted to be because I wanted to go into public service. So yes, yeah, so I get advice, a lot of advice from my parents. So can you tell us uh, what advice your parents gave when you were thirteen? Oh dear, um, I don't think I remember that. Uh, but uh, clearly they did well. She did well. My mom did well, and my dad from up up up, up there. Um, because um, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess she was a really chilled out. Mom who was struggling herself with this newfound, you know, having to take care of the family all by herself. So, um, it made me very, uh, you know, like self-conscious of the fact that I sh- nothing should reach her. Basically, the whole idea of my, you know, my whatever I do, the wrong shouldn't reach her. Only yeah. the right should reach her. So, I really strived to, you know, make sure that only right the, the whether I won uh, award, whether I won year, whether I excelled in national credit corp, NCC was a very big part of this year that we are talking about. So, all of the good things should reach her, the bad things should reach her because that would really bother her, and she'll have to, um, you know, kind of deviate from whatever she was yeah. trying to, you know, do at that point. So, care a lot about your mother. I cared a lot about my mother, my brother, my mother and my brother, and um, she basically was very chilled out she never 
pressurize me never said anything that oh you need to be this or you need to be that we were very self driven self motivated inflicted rather not even just motivated we inflicted all this on ourselves that oh i want to win this debate and then you're killing yourself which i thought in hindsight i shouldn't have done i should have been way more chill because <laughs> life is very long and you have to survive for so many years yeah. so i think i inflicted and people told me this i used to inflict a lot upon myself oh i have to be first in this oh i have to you know and then i would come second and for the world it was okay but i was you know kind of <laughs> i didn't come so the idea is you have to kind of face yourself because yeah. you have to now i know i have to go on for so many years and i have to deliver and be first or second or whatever even now right yeah. so i had i not killed myself back then i would probably last another 10 years yeah. <laughs> okay so we have one last question okay and that is do you have any advice for me and all the other youngsters listening to this podcast see what you acquire you know it seems all very um like you'll get there eventually but the the skills and the uh, and the you know the knowledge that you acquire now uh, is is kind of important you know because that time will pass away and if you don't uh, you know a lot of them just want to play ps4 they just want to kind of just get on and become older but this time is very important to you know don't lose it by so you know just doing stuff which uh which doesn't add value to you you know in any way whether you're learning a skill which is outside of education in anything be essential just be essential be acquire some skill acquire some knowledge because you know the time will pass and you will be expected to deliver in the real world at some point and if you have not used this time well whether by reading a book or doing what you're doing basically bringing a huge change in the way you um you know understand education or understand life anything but be essential because later on it will help you thank you devya for your you. time and sharing your lovely memories thank you so much thank you fun. you just heard devya devpriya talk about when she was 30 we would love to hear from you and have your suggestions you can write to us on feedback at the readbookgroup.com till we meet the next time with another interesting person bye It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20 ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20 ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun at home or on the go, grab an ice cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy.